Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Yeah, defensive three-point percentage an issue for the Cavaliers. Fourth to last in the NBA defending the three. 37.2% is what teams are hitting against them. Although it's, eh, you know, go halfway up the list and the team's hitting 35.5%, so it's not anything overly drastic. Hmm. Welcome back to Baskin and Phelps. I'm Jeff Phelps. My buddy's Andy Baskin. Cavaliers last night losing in New York to the Knicks. And, you know, the Knicks, Knicks aren't good at home. The Knicks are the team that's right behind the Cavs right now, actually two spots behind. Cavs, then Miami Heat, then the New York Knicks, just three games behind the Cavaliers. But the Knicks at home are 12-13 and 13 after the win last night. They're better on the road for some reason. And the Cavaliers now 9-15 and 15 on the road, which ties them with the Chicago Bulls, who are down in the 10th spot right now. And the Cavs did a nice job coming back last night, Andy. You're, you're right about that. Good for them. They, they fought like crazy. But... When you're on the road and you're having issues, these are the types of games, boy, you want to pull them out. And again, as the Cavs saw in Memphis, where they played a great game against a really good Grizzlies team that that had won, I think, 10 or 10 or 11 in a row at the time. Yeah. But they had a a chance to win that game. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's right there. Yep. Cavs had a chance last night to force overtime or win that game. And, okay, it's, it's only two losses. But man, you want to be better on the road. You gotta, you gotta execute. You have to, you have to come through in those situations. And the Cavaliers didn't here in two very visible, obvious opportunities. Where I, I think the kick in the shorts, Andy, is that it, it's left, it's left you thinking, that's what you came up with late. That's what happened, huh? I, I, here's the, you know, the Cavs have some momentum. I just want to before we get to the final play. I just the Cavs had momentum at the end of the game, right? Garland hits that. It's it. It was moving, right? Yeah, things okay. were moving. Sorry, so but... I mean, Garland hits that uh, uh, the, the amazing scoop shot, right? And then he comes back and he makes the free throw, and then they come back on defense. And I, I'm just this. I'm just gonna nitpick on this for one second, okay? They shoot the air ball, and they check that like it was a Sapruder film. I mean, how hard was it to figure out that that ball didn't hit the front of the rim? For the shot clock violation, yeah, Je- Jeff, that took how long? Do you think that took? Because I thought the Cavs had some momentum going it did into that take thing. A little while. It took way too long to 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 you know uphold. Why, like why? Why did that take forever to get back on the floor for an air ball? I, I mean, we had ten different angles of it. We saw it. Austin kept saying that ball didn't hit the rim. I mean, it's obvious. Players know when a ball hits the rim. You either see a little bit of variation from the ball coming off the rim or, you know, the spin changes. You can, you can see the lines. It's not that hard. And so I thought that sucked some of the air out of the end of the game. 
Because it took forever for that. It's like, I, I wonder when they send that, where they send it over to? Secaucus? Where's it, where's the, where do they check that out? What city is that? I forgot. Uh, that's where the NBA headquarters are. Okay, right? wherever. The, so, the video stuff. Yeah, okay. So that's what, it was like, are we in line behind other games last night? Like, we're in one of those lines where you're waiting to get ice cream cones? I'm like, oh. Um, you need the easy pass. You can avoid yeah, the line. I'm like, oh, we have all these other games going on over here. Uh, Cavs, Knicks, we'll get to you in a second. That's what it felt like last night. That took forever, and then I thought it sucked the air out of the end of the game. Well, they did a great job catching up in the fourth quarter after being down by, what was it, 11 points with about seven and a half points Yeah, I mean, they had some momentum. That's terrific. You just want to see them execute in late-game situations. And, you know, let's be be fair and honest and realistic here. Certainly, J.B. drew up a play, and they called a play, and they ran something. Donovan Mitchell, well, Andy, you're making a face. Donovan Mitchell said they called a great play. Okay, if the well, great play was give the ball to Donovan Mitchell and drive and try and come up with something, I don't think that's a great play. But Donovan said after the game he let his team down and blah, blah, blah. He fell on the sword. No pun intended. And, okay, if if he wants to take the blame for that, that's fine. That means then that he didn't execute the play that was called. Right? Yeah, that, I'm just not what that watch, means. I'm watching the it, play again, and the play was to have three guys on the baseline, one guy on the wing, and to give it to Mitchell up high and get one on one. He had, he would have had the way it was set up. He had three guys to beat when he had the ball way out beyond the arc. Yeah. So then he gets the ball and he starts working his way in, and he beats the first guy, and then your big guy standing right there waiting for him like a brick wall. Yeah. And all he had to do was go up. I. I, I yeah. And you tell me, and how many guys were moving? That's my. Did they? Did he even have an option looking at the brick wall? That's the question. To to be able to move it and maybe find a secondary shooter if that's the great play. I, I don't know that that's a great play. They, you know, he got one on one. Well, I'm just telling you what Donovan said after the game. Do you right? think it was a great play, Jeff? No, I mean it was terrible. I mean he could have kicked they, it to they, the wing. They didn't. He had the ball out top and he drove, and he drove against a bigger guy and ran into a bigger guy. Okay, well, you have an all-star player. He's probably going to be named an all-star starter on Thursday. He's really good. If it weren't for Isaiah Hartenstein sitting right there, yeah, he gets to the basket, but Hartenstein comes over because he got past he got past Randall, right? So that I mean, he he got there. It just didn't happen. But I I will forever hate the end of, and I don't care who it is. If, if it's Jordan, all right, that might be a different story. And LeBron's powerful enough that we've seen him take care of this. There aren't too many guys that I want to give the ball to at the end of the game and just say, go get me a basket. There just aren't too many of those guys in the NBA. And for the most part, I don't know that a six-one guy is the guy I want doing that. And I know I harp on that a lot. If you're going to drive to the basket and you have a seven-footer standing there or it could come over, okay, draw him back. As Dan said, stop and put up a jump shot. Stop, and when he comes out on you, pass. There, there are a lot of things you can do there. We're not gonna, we're not gonna trash the last play. It, what the, the I am Lavert didn't right, even move, well, Jeff. But he didn't move. Neither did hardly anybody else, Andy. Uh, Evan moved a little. I, I just and then he ended up getting the ball, and he he missed a, a kind of a desperation fifteen footer. Yeah, I mean, it was... it, it, it's just this. We just saw this against Memphis. Right? They, the Cavs didn't call a timeout against Memphis. Yep. 
Um, they had some time before that play last night, so I'm sure they came up with something. But it's just it's difficult. If you want to become the team you want to become, you have to execute in those situations. It's just twice now, but they're both fresh in our memories. You know, you had a chance to win a huge game against Memphis on the road. Didn't happen. Again, it's and, the little – and, and that execution, Andy, against Memphis was worse than last but night. But, Jeff, take those two games and then take Golden State on Friday night. That's a game they should have won. But we, uh, there's just no well, way no, they – no, even back They should have won that game against Golden State. Like, what, what were they th- – they come in with a ragtag roster and we can't beat them with our best five? Well, that, I agree, that's insane. I, I agree with that. However, you can't just say they're supposed to win that game. In theory, yes, Okay. But once you get out on the floor, well, this is a this is a game. All right. Well, then you better execute and you better do what you're supposed to do. Well, they, you, they I, I mean, you got to show up no matter who's on the other side of the floor. Exactly. And, and right. if they if they're going to give you an advantage by not playing their best players, you've got to go grab that a, win. Yeah, I agree with that. We can even back this out to the last minute of the game, where Donovan Mitchell ran into another really bad shot that he should have pulled out and ran something with. This is a common occurrence in the last two minutes of Cleveland Cavalier games. Where it's give the ball to Donovan Mitchell and or he'll Darius, just figure or Darius it out. Garland or Darius Garland, he'll just figure it out. At least with Garland, Garland got his bucket because he ran pick and roll. He got, I think it was Mobley. I want to say he got Mobley to come up, set the screen, bounced it down to him, or and, and got the easy bucket. Like they have a solution. It's right in front of them. They're both seven feet tall. You can't miss them. And yet, for some dumb reason, it's well, like. Eh? And Dan, here's if you just you don't even have to give the ball to those guys. Get them involved and get a better opportunity for the smaller guys. Even cause Hartenstein to switch there you onto go. Garland or right. switch onto right. Mitchell, then attack. It was just really basic last night. Donovan, good luck to you. And the other night against Memphis, it was really basic. Hey, Darius, here you go. Oh, wait a minute. You're in trouble. Kick it to Karras. He kicks it right back. Now good luck getting off a heave from deep behind the three-point line. John's in Cleveland. John, thank you for calling. Gentlemen, good morning. Good morning. Morning. Um, I was uh, saying, um, I maybe, and this may have been my frustration watching the game, but with uh, Allen and Mobley, they're great defenders in low post. But when they were out there checking Randall out by the three point line, this was irritating me all night. It's not like he shoots like Robert Pierce, where his arms are so high and back that you can't guard his threes. They're sitting there face guarding with their hand to his face. That's not stopping him from shooting the threes, and then it was like late in the game, um, Allen kind of uh, backed off of Randall, and he sunk a wide-open three to make it like 103-100. And I'm sitting there watching the game, like, check him, check him, check him, and he, like, let him get off another three, and he hit it. He was hot from three last night, and I'm just not understanding he, how. Yeah, he, he was eight of 12. Eight of yeah, 12 on threes. You two shot blockers, how, how is your natural instinct not to at least block a couple of threes back into the stands? I don't understand that. How you your arms are so long, but you're not maximizing your your reach potential when you're guarding uh, people that shoot threes. As far as fellow big men, they do the same thing when they played against uh, Robin Lopez. Like, how are you not uh, contesting that shot better? And that was that, to me that was a big three in the game because, as you said, we struggled late offensively in the game, so we got to buckle down on defense. And I'm not knocking them because I know they're great defenders, but that was just my point of watching the game. I felt like they was let Randall get. Way too many threes. I I heard that, John, that play you were discussing, I heard that on the radio, and Jim Jones said, Jim just stopped, and he said, Jarrett, what are you thinking? What are you doing there? Get out on him. 
And, and so I couldn't believe it. I was like, wow. Man. Yeah. I thought that's when I knew we was going to lose that game. All right, John, thank I, you for the phone call. 216-578-0092 is the number to join us. Raymond is in Stowe, home of the Bulldogs. Hey, uh, I just got a couple questions, guys. Sure. Have any of you guys ever seen an NBA game that was a shutout? Uh, um, no. No, okay. So you've never seen a game that's a shutout. We have this great defense, yet we are happy like by with with how we are, we're holding teams to just a few points and stuff like that as far as um, our defensive rankings. Then explain to me, if you can't shut a team out, why we can't put more scores on um, on the team as it is. Why are we not making trades? Why are we not going out there and trying to improve the bench? Well, give it time. I, I would say, Raymond, the trade deadline's coming up. We'll see what they can do. Raymond, I, how'd that bench I, look last night? Because I was going to bring this up in a little bit. Bench, if you take Lavert out of there. Bench had 12 points. Yeah, take Lavert out of there. You had three from Rubio. Yeah. Three. And we, three we points go back from Rubio. to the bench, but the Cavs bench played 53 minutes. The New York bench played 72 minutes. So when New York was, um, you know, uh, I've heard and seen, read about uh, how New York. Uh, you know, the Cleveland starters killed him and stuff like that. And outscored him. I think Cedor had it by 16 points or something like that. Well, there's 13 minutes, almost an entire quarter where the New York bench was trashing the starters for Cleveland. So explain to me where this great defense is. Well, the guy who got trashed the most, the two guys that got trashed the most last night were Rubio and love Rubio was minus 26 in 13 minutes. And Kevin was minus 20 in 12 minutes. If you like the plus minus. And I'm a plus yeah, minus if guy. You want, you yeah, know. and and you're exactly right if you like that line. Yeah. Levert was but minus here, nineteen. Here's, here, I guess my point is you start two six one guards and you start a six four small forward. You are getting killed on the three point line. Yet I've seen all the stats about how the Cavs are, you know, they don't give up they give up few uncontested three pointers. Well then that tells me those three defenders can't defend the three. They can't defend a three, and they're too small. Essentially, they're using their foreheads to line up the basket. <laughs> so, no, and I understand. I, I'm just annoyed with hearing how great we are defensively. You know, I'm tired of this. All so, right, Raymond. You, let me ask you one last question. Yeah, go ahead. Would you rather have Obi Toppin, 6'9", bad defender, everything else, or Isaac Okoro? I don't need to really answer that one, do I, Raymond? I like Isaac. He's a nice young guy. Uh, maybe he really finds his groove. You can't coach 6-9. Obi Toppin has been somewhat disappointing. But in 10 minutes last night, he had 11 points and three rebounds. All right? In 10 minutes, 11 points and three rebounds off the bench. In 31 minutes last night, Isaac Okoro had a, a, a solid game for Isaac. He had 9.6 rebounds, five assists. Um, Isaac, I hope comes along. I I wanted Toppin at the time, you know. I I like Toppin, but what what are you gonna do, right? What are you gonna do? I I just it, last night I just wish, you know, if they come up with one big play at the end of the game, then it, it changes everything. But it's just man, they worked. I think the hard part I have with it is they worked super hard yeah. defensively to get back in that thing at the end 
and then walked away with nothing. And, that's what yeah, that's what makes it frustrating. Isaac was taking about three, three or four picks before Obi Toppin. Yeah. What do you think, Cav fans? Two one six five seven eight zero zero nine two. Cavs have done a nice job all year, but it's frustrating to see these games get away from them. Maybe that was just it. You know, maybe if Donovan's legs don't go and his groin doesn't go, he goes up and dunks over Isaiah Hartenstein, Stein, Steen, and or gets fouled. He goes to the free throw line and knocks down a couple of free throws. At first thought, I thought maybe. he got fouled. I was hoping that he got fouled. Yeah, maybe. Well, looked like Hartenstein just went straight up. Yeah, you know, and and I don't think I don't think any team's going to get a bailout call in that situation. You know, if if he had called, if anybody had called a foul against Hartenstein there, the Knicks would have been livid, and and probably rightfully so. And had it been reversed the other way, if that if uh, you know the Nick had been driving and the Cavs had done the same thing, Cavs fans would be livid at a call like that. So the no call was the right call there. Yeah, I'm it's, arguing with a knucklehead friend of mine who thinks that. Uh, oh, good. Bennigan? No, oh. that he could have dumped it off on the on the corner. I just don't. In real time, I just don't see that. I mean, there might have been a fraction of a second to dump the ball in the baseline to get it yeah. dunked, but I'm not seeing that. So, Whatever. Everyone has an opinion, and then sometimes they're wrong. That's what you tell me on a very regular basis. <laughs> I don't tell you Concern that. here? I, Donovan Mitchell the was on, the, is on the, the court at the end of the game for yeah. an extended period of time, and he has said it feels like it felt before. In other words, his groin injury when he missed some games. I'd be stunned if he plays in Houston next game. Especially for as long as it took for him to get out. At first, I thought they were checking the play yeah. to see if something was wrong. And then. Yeah. There was something wrong. It was his groin. Yeah. Uh, Number to join us 216 578 0092. Williams in Pepper Pike. Hi, William. Good morning, you fine fellas. I Hello. just had a correction that I saw in the third quarter. It was a subtle correction, but it turned into something major, a major momentum shift. Cavaliers had an eight point lead. Ricky Rubio entered the game with a multiple point guard combination. We're actually four guards in the game. From that point onward at the end, to the end of the game, Bickerstaff repudiated the use of Benny forwards. He did not use Wade. Wade was a starting uh, small forward up until six, seven weeks ago. Now maybe he's coming back from injury. I understand that. He's not up to rhythm. So I understand not getting so much playing time, but Osmond didn't get any playing time either. Love, who's had some problems with his shooting. But no forwards, four guards in the game at the same time. And uh, the thought of having having Rubio with Mitchell and Garland at the game simultaneously and then Okoro and Levert were really guards, it's just becoming too over, overwhelmingly small. And I think that Bickerstaff looks to me like he's coaching by feel and impulse. He doesn't really have a designated assigned system of roles where players come off the bench, they get repetition, consistency, and they develop a little bit of confidence. He's, he's gone away from that. And the Cavaliers had a perfect chance to acquire who I thought was a very good small forward, six feet eight. He was traded away for Kendrick Nunn, a player that was very good his rookie year, but hasn't been any good since then. They, yeah. Rui, they Hachimura. Rui Hachimura. Yeah. I, I think they could have offered a Coro and some draft picks. He is a fine player, and he, he would have helped with that small backcourt to have a six feet eight inch player there, William, he'd have, he'd have been a really nice piece on this yeah, team. I don't understand yeah. why they weren't uh, interested. Maybe they were. Maybe he didn't. They didn't want to trade him to the Eastern Conference. I don't know. I I think that 
That's a great idea, William. And you're right. Dean Wade last night played four minutes. Lamar Stevens played six. Jetty played three. You can't ask guys to impact the game if they're not on the floor, right? Precisely. The reason why they didn't score, a person needs at least 12 to 15 minutes to gain any sort of uh, rhythm and get into the flow of the game, develop some consistency. And only one person off the bench last night played more than 13 well, I mean, minutes. Well, that was the coach hard. has to put the combination of players in the game to maximize the team's chances to get a win and facilitate. Yep. That didn't happen. William, as always, astute. Thank you very much. You Thank know what you. the good thing is here, Jeff? That we're having a rock-solid debate with people about the minutia of a game and what's going on. And, and whether the minutia is win or lose, yeah. it's good for the Cavs because it means that we're in a place now where we're, we're actually debating stuff rather than saying, oh, my God, why is this team so bad? You know, we're talking about one bucket at oh, the end no, of the we, game. So we, I, we think the team's pretty good. Yeah, no, I think – and we've kind of felt that for about a year and a half now. And you know, then when you yeah. added Donovan Mitchell, you you jumped it up a little bit too. So, I mean, just looking at the bigger picture of this and thinking about our conversations about the Cavaliers, I mean, this is a pretty healthy place to be that we're nitpicking J.B. Bickerstaff at the end of a game for not being able to accomplish something. But when it happens too many times, then it becomes frustration and anger. And like well, we talked about yeah. this, this is, you know, I can we can just handpick three games since Memphis where those could easily be W's. Eric's in Akron. Hi, Eric. Hey, Eric. Hey, good morning, fellas. Um, So I'm going to kind of defend the Cavs a bit, and I don't know that I like this, but I kind of think it's what they're doing, Um, which is simply, I mean, going into last year and going into the play-in last year, um, our team was exhausted. I mean, they were tired. They were beat up, whatever else. Yeah, they were gassed. I think there's there's a little bit of load management here, and I'm not saying – they're shutting it down and counting on the playoffs, but I don't think they're out there, you know, giving the hundred percent effort every night. I think they're just trying to get to the show and turn it on that. And then there's also a little bit of this team's still gelling. Like Donovan Mitchell added a whole new element to this team. And I, I know for sure that Darius hasn't quite figured it out. And I don't know that a lot of the pieces on the roster have maybe not even JB because like you guys were just talking about, He's not real good at getting his bench involved in games. Uh, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah, but then that goes but, back but to the you... beginning of your phone call about load management. He's going to have to because, you, as we just said, and we've said the same thing about being gassed. Well, but here's the other point to that, and, and Eric, it's this. And I, I've, I've said this all year. I, I don't care for the depth on this team. I, I don't think it's as deep as it needs to be. Which, by the way, not so, there are people that have said, oh, the depth on this team is great. It's I know. Great. It's well, amazing. I'm, I'm looking at the depth from last night, and if you take out. What, what did I say about depth yesterday, Andy? I, to, I said depth, to me, means guys who can impact the game. Well, last night, JB didn't think anybody could impact the game because he only played one guy more than 13 minutes. Well, the bench impacted the game in a negative light. I mean, look, I mean again, I'm talking about you, all well, your I'm, starters. You know what I mean. I mean no, in I know, a positive light. That's... All of your starters other than Evan Mobley came out flat at zero last night as far as plus minus. And I know plus minus is something that I always look at. Not everyone does. But, yeah, but everybody, I, I everybody on too. the bench, Jeff, was negative last night. The bench hurt you. I mean, it's it's – it's obvious, and even if it was only what, um, you know, Max guy was Levert, he was twenty-one minutes, and yeah. you know, yeah, yeah, okay, Wade had four minutes, and uh, Jetty had three, and Stevens only had six, but you know, Kevin was out there for twelve minutes. That's significant. No, it's not. It is when you're minus twenty. Well, now that's an impact. <laughs> but but 
what I would love to see, to me, you need you need more guys who can contribute. And if you're not playing, you know, we talked about Ricky Rubio. You can't expect Ricky to go out and be an impactful guy coming off an not ACL right injury at this no. point. Right. I agree with that. I mean, give it, give it some time. Something's up with Kevin. You know, I mean, how's Kevin Love getting 12 minutes in a tight road game? How how is Kevin just getting twelve minutes? Kevin's a and he had two shots. Kevin's a Hall of Fame caliber player. I think he's going to the Hall of Fame. And he played twelve minutes. Something's wrong with him. If if he's still having an issue with that thumb, shut him down. I agree with Let you. Let it get healed. And if he's not having an issue with that thumb, then trade him. He has an expiring contract and he's not helping you. So you you must capitalize on that asset. You know, I, I hate to say that. I don't want to trade Kevin Love. But if he's not helping you, what good is he? So I'm thinking it's got to be his thumb. So shut him down and get it better. And, Andy, I, I'm sorry. I don't want to trade Kevin. I didn't want to trade Anderson Verizhao either. And I didn't want to trade Zadrunas Ilgauskas. That bench needs help, Jeff. And I don't know, can you spread Kevin Love, his his net worth, around enough to give you two pieces or give you something to help out this team down the road. Well, the or at least try to get something back in here as it stands right now. Yeah, as it stands right now. Kevin's not helping you very much. So, could he help you more by trading him and I I'm just looking for some help for this team. Last year at this time, through 49 games, the Cavs had 30 wins. Tonight, right now they have 29. Mm-hmm. So they were actually one game better last year through 49 games, which is I'm almost hard to believe. But then they finished by going 14 and 19 you know, in, the, in the last, what is that, 33 games. I would assume, I think, they'll be better than 14 and 19, and I think they'll end up with a better record and a better positioning, and they won't be in a play-in tournament. I think they'll finish top six. But, man, and, and I loved Williams' idea. Rui Hachimura would have been a really nice-looking guy on this team, I, I personally think. Jim's in Strongsville. Jim, you've got oh, you've got about 30 seconds, Jim. I'm sorry. Fine, really, yeah, that's all I need, Amen. really. Look, so. this end-of-game situation, guys, it does have me worried because we keep seeing the same thing over and over again. So there's one of two choices here. Either one, JB's this is the garbage that he's drawing up, which I don't think is the case, or two, these guys aren't, aren't, doing, aren't following the play that he's drawing up in these timeouts, which is even more alarming. There have been way better players in the league than any guy on this team right now that has run the damn play that the coach has drawn up. So that's all i got to say about that. All right, Jim, thank you. And see, I think Jim's right. Got to figure JB's drawing something up. And if the guys aren't executing what he's drawing up or aren't following what he's drawing up or it's just not working, that's that's a bigger issue. 216-578-0092. What do you think, folks? Last year at this point, one game better. I like this team better. I, Andy, I think you do, too. I do. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's going to be a better team, folks? I, I do, but I'd love to hear your thoughts. It's Baskin and Phelps here on The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 